UFO round table. The UFO thinker and pursuit of the paranormal podcasts. So, uh, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the monthly roundtable discussion with myself, Frank, host of the UFO Thinker podcast, Ash, founder of UFO Identified and co-host of the Pursuit of the Paranormal podcast. How are you doing, mate? You okay? I'm good. I am excited. I am excited. Yep. And Greg, paranormal investigator extraordinaire and co-host of the Pursuit of the Paranormal podcast. How are you doing, mate? Very good. Thank you. Very good. And last but definitely not least, my old pal Dave Smethurst, bit of a regular contributor to my show and a very knowledgeable individual when it comes to the UFO topic. How are you doing, Dave? I'm very well there, Franks. You only call me knowledgeable when you don't know yourself. That's my experience. (laughs) (laughs) Drop me in it. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go through some recent events topics, which I'll introduce, and then we'll kind of open it up to you guys' thoughts. Uh, I've been away having a break for the last couple of weeks, so today's kind of my first first proper pod recording back actually so this will be a great way to catch up on some of the recent events that i've missed when i've been away awesome uh, having a little break and uh yeah I, th- I suppose we're going to have to address the the lou elizondo ig complaint because that literally has just become available over the last like literally two hours i think and uh, i've i've been at work and uh, i know you guys have been doing one thing and another so we've not really had a chance to properly uh, yeah, get stuck into that it now trying to get the gist of it yeah well it's a bit, a bit of a lengthy read isn't it 64 yeah. pages i believe it is so it's uh not not the easiest thing to just skim through um but basically i mean i know you've you've had a bit of a read dave so yeah. I'll, I'll go to you in a minute but my, my thoughts basically were just that it, it it backs up everything that lou elizondo has been saying all along in terms of the timeline literally it's the most detailed kind of timeline bullet pointed with dates and everything that i've seen uh, from lou elizondo and it's it matches exactly everything that he said in interviews the whole time in my opinion now there might be a couple of very small things that that are discrepancies when i read through it with a fine-tooth comb but to me it seems like it's pretty much what he's been saying the whole time and there were also some really interesting specific videos that were mentioned as well including like a triangle video which came to their attention in 2011 things like that which i wonder if we'll get any follow up on and and be able Mm. to actually find out a bit more about that and um there's another one that i mentioned about um something that came within feet of a of a navy jet i believe it was and apparently there's video of that as well and this was all mentioned in in the full version of this ig complaint and uh, the thing is i don't think he'd be mentioning things like that unless he actually had you know very good reason to be able to know that he can back it up with actual evidence because this is a proper official complaint it's not like he's talking on a podcast this is it so what what are your thoughts dave i know you've read it a bit today yeah, the main thing to read is the 12-page summary. It has a little bit of form when you're reading it. His handwriting is terrible, by the way. It's nearly <laughs> yeah, as bad as mine. It's really awful. I mean, I, it's, it's, I'm looking at mine right now. It's very bad. Anyway, it's on a power that. Anyway, irrelevant that. First 12 pages, uh, and the 12 pages report, and it goes through it, and the detail is absolutely damning. He goes, uh, the first seven pages, he's just going through the chronology of... Uh, who did what to whom, uh, goes setting up RSAP, tip. what his role in that was, like you said, Frank, interspersed with who was on the crew, 
uh, what the videos were. They had lo and loads of evidence. There's obviously loads of detailed military videos coming out from all, all, all over the place. And uh, so, so that video you mentioned, the one where it come close to the jet, I wonder if it's that one that was on YouTube about a year ago or eight months ago. You know, the one where everybody debunked it in the end, but it come very close. It was like a circular shape. Mm. It come very close to the, uh, you might, it's hard to, it's, I can't remember the name of it. But it, it was quite prominent because you saw it, it was a big circular thing and it come really close to the plane. And I just wondered if it was that one because that fit the bill. But of course, I suppose there's loads of them in there, just as I'm saying it to you now, thinking about it, there's loads of them. Then the, the next seven pages is about how Susan Goff and others blocked him in the, blocked him in the Pentagon. And it's, it's ruthless on Susan Goff, really, and Gary Reid. And a lot of it, there's a lot of blanks, blanks as well as so it's hard to imagine. If you read the Twitter, some of our American colleagues have figured out who's who, but I, I haven't anyway. But basically, it's a, it mentions uh, for the freedom of information, for you know going after him, for uh, generally becoming putting herself in the all-powerful position, and just constantly, despite evidence, going after him. So it's really damning. The upshot of it for me is it's so detailed that it's out in the public domain. But I think that the the Senate committee have got all they need to call him as a witness, and I think. So I, do you know who's let, let it go out? Because I saw Green Street's name, name mentioned and uh, Greenwald maybe let it out. But it really, I mean, even though they're doing little moans about some other people about little fiddling details, it's really, this is the point. Uh, I want, it really benefits Lou. I don't think he's done it, but it massively benefits Lou in terms of what he's saying, his credibility and the case for disclosure given that we think they're trying to walk it back a bit post-hearing some of these people with some of these weird stories, it really gives a big impetus for the hearing. So I thought it was massive drop, massively mm. significant. Yeah, in terms of how it came out, I've not really had a chance to look at this really thoroughly, but I believe it was Stephen Greenstreet himself who was actually put this out. Um, and he, he tweeted saying that, uh, you know, the, the documentary that he did about Lou Elizondo and supposedly expo exposing the, the real story and all the rest of it, that documentary, he actually updated the comments on his on his YouTube video or whatever channel it's on. I think it's on the New York Post, uh, actually. But, he, yeah, he updated the comments on that video with links to all the documents that are referenced in it, um, which is a bit weird. I, I don't know why he would uh, – I mean, it's good, I guess, that, that he's being open about exactly, you know, where he's getting his information from and things like that. But it, it seems to, you know, pretty much contradict a lot of the points that he was actually making. Like, it strongly suggests reading this this IG complaint that, eight, it was much more of a formal effort. It wasn't just a couple of guys or just Lou on his own having a hobby. You know, it sort of, to me, dismantles a lot of yeah. Green Street's kind of key arguments. So it's unusual, really, that, it, that he's, you know, stuck to those arguments, knowing that he's had this document all along. Surely it sort of contradicts his arguments. But I don't know. As I say, I'll have to look into that a bit further. Is there anything anyone else wants to add? You can definitely see the anger from Lou in the complaint. So, I mean, I've literally just spent five minutes just skimming it when he just literally knew about this document. But you see in the language that he's using, like, you can see the frustration and sort of anger he has towards the way that it's been treated. Like, when he talks about, like, the IG has to like, investigate the abuse of power, lying to the public, destruction of evidence, conspiracy... 
these like really really like serious things that he's saying like this has mm. to be done and like so he's not going to have done this willy-nilly he's done this obviously with purpose and with enough to back himself up to say this has all been going on so it's super super interesting i can't wait to read the, the rest of it and mm. actually get deep into it when i get a chance to mm. yeah it's, it's interesting how he's he's really kind of um you know held Susan Goff's feet to the fire on this as well you know she's inserted herself into the fire process and and you know questioning the legality of that and in, in the in the complaint there as well so yeah really interesting stuff but I'm, I mean I'm going to have a, a proper read through it think on it for a couple of days and probably do like yeah. a you know a dedicated episode just to just all about that because I think it's a pretty huge thing really but obviously it wouldn't be right to do a, a recent events and not talk about that would it because it's just happened so. <laughs> very recent yeah, exactly. Hot off the press. I reckon, Frank, when you go through it, I mean, things we've talked about even, when you go through it, you, the chronology we often talk about and what did and didn't happen, it all becomes, it's quite good for that. and It'll it really clarify a lot of things, you know, and mm. that would be great. And Green, I mean, he's probably saying, ha-ha, I got you, there's a comma out of place and while out missing, his entire case has <laughs> collapsed, you know. He's, he's, but I think he's a... He's in a very strange place, I think, in terms of his deductive processes these days. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking the same. One one thing about Lou's version of events, of, of how everything, you know, came about over the years, he's really talked about that on podcasts. And unless you've really gone through and combed through his interviews, I mean, the one that I kind of go back to is the one he did with John Greenwald of the Black Vault, because he literally went through the entire process. Two people came to his office the year that it happened. He, there were certain people he wasn't naming, like uh, Lukatsky and things like that, because at the time he wasn't public. But he laid out the whole timeline in that interview, and John Greenwald asked him very specific questions, and he answered them all. And the point is, anyways, that a lot of people might not have had the time to comb through those podcasts and hear that kind of thing from Lou. But now it's right there in a publicly available document written by Lou Elizondo, bullet-pointed, organised in chronological order. I think it'll actually be really quite helpful for, for the wider public to actually understand the timeline, you know, as Lou has, has said it from the horse's mouth kind of thing. So, yeah, pretty... Uh, Pretty big bombshell, that. I'm sort of yeah. a bit reeling from it, to be honest. <laughs> it's like <laughs> blindsiding me a bit, that one. But, uh, yeah, it's good. It's what we like to see. So, yeah, um, the actual first point that we sort of had planned before that bombshell <laughs> uh, took place was the the recent NASA announcement. So yeah. according to uh, an announcement on the NASA website, NASA is commissioning a study team to start early in the fall, in the autumn, if you're here in the UK, to examine UAP, that is observations of events in the sky that cannot be identified as aircraft or known natural phenomena from a scientific perspective and the study will focus on identifying available data how best to collect future data and how nasa can use that data to move the scientific understanding of uaps forward and it was also accompanied by a, a, an audio conference type thing a little bit weird in my opinion it was kind of like a uh, like an audio podcast on youtube but you know it was still interesting to hear the questions uh, being asked and the team itself will be led by astrophysicist David Spurgle, who is the president of the Simons Foundation in New York City. 
previously the chair of the astrophysics department at Princeton University, and Daniel Evans, who is the assistant deputy associate administrator for research at NASA's science mission directorate, and they will serve as the NASA official responsible for orchestrating this study. And when they were asked about exactly what they're trying to achieve with this effort, Spurgle said, quote, our first task is to simply gather the most robust set of data that we can, and we'll be identifying what data from civilians, government, non-profits, companies exists. What else should we be trying to collect and how best to analyse it, unquote. And uh, just quickly before I hand over to you guys, a, a few other notable things to mention about this is that this, the study is expected to take about nine months, or exactly nine months, I believe it is, and has been allocated funding, uh, which goes up to a maximum of $100,000. And I, I think it's that's not what's going to be spent i think it's more of a case of it could be in the tens of thousands or it could go all the way up to a hundred thousand that's kind of the cap that they've put on spending for this particular project so um i hand it over to you ash what do you reckon mate obviously i mean nasa's getting involved it's obviously a big 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 thing i know in the past like 12 months or so you've had bill nelson coming out and expressing his interest in it and obviously it's come down from him i think the whole program um but I mean, yeah, I mean, NASA, they're the guys that are up there. So to something that is, he's looking at the ETH, the extraterrestrial hypothesis. If something's coming from outside of our atmosphere, then they're the guys that are going to be able to have the data already, which is what they're going to be looking at. I believe he's obviously looking at historical data that they've already got and analysing that in whatever way. So, yeah, I mean, it's NASA. <laughs> NASA involved in looking for you, investigating UAP. That's big it's exciting and um, whether i mean they could do nine months find nothing and think now nah, that's it we tried we're gonna just give up the ghost leave it to you which is could happen uh, but i think just the the caliber of the people involved i think again that's just big and it's just more scientists more high level scientists getting involved it's a pattern we've seen emerging over the past few years there's more and more academics coming out getting involved I think that would be the future. And it's paving the way where people can say, look, NASA did this, so we can do a program. Other, maybe universities or whatever can then come forward and say, let's do a program on this because NASA do it, the government are doing it, we're going to now put more funding into it. So nothing came out of NASA itself. It's another ledge for people to look on and say, this is a serious topic of study nowadays. Mm. Yeah, good point. How about yourself, Greg? What do you reckon, mate? So, <clears throat> we actually have got a T-shirt that says <laughs> never a straight answer. Yeah, that's so, what I might come up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my my thoughts are that if you if you look at some of the photographs that NASA have published, some of them appear to be doctored, even though they say they put out all the like the raw images. And something that I noticed in that statement is that said they consistent with NASA's principles of openness, transparency, and scientific integrity, this report will be shared publicly. Uh, all of NASA's data is available to the public and we make it easily accessible for anyone to see or study. I'm not sure I believe that. <laughs> so, so my thoughts are, so NASA, they're looking for extraterrestrial life, and that's their mission is to find life on other planets and Mars and, and whatnot. 
But if they don't find anything, because UAPs are maybe something else and not extraterrestrial, is that them saying, well, we didn't find anything, there is no life out there? And they go, well, there we go, NASA said it. But in actual fact, all they're looking for is life off planet when this this phenomena could be from this planet, for example. But one other bit that struck me was they also put down that the limited number of observation of UAPs currently makes it difficult to draw scientific conclusions about the nature of such events. There's literally thousands of people seeing these things, so there isn't a limited number of observations. There might be a limited number of scientific observations, but then they reference civilians, government, non-profits, companies, so are they going to go for people like Bass, um, NIDS, as it was back then, because they were collecting data from Stardust Run, uh, Skinwalker Ranch, not Stardust Run, sorry. And they had a lot of information on studies they were doing to anomalous uh, phenomena. So are, are they going to hit companies like that, which they might actually have a vested interest in anyway, monetary-wise? So I don't know. It sounds good. But I think it's interesting because in the second paragraph, it says there is no evidence UAPs are extraterrestrial in origin. So I was wondering like, why have they put that, that line in there? Because obviously like, UAP is sort of trying to distance itself from the UFOs because UFOs are linked with alien due to the way the media has been. UAP is that step away from saying it's alien. And now they're, now they're now saying there's no evidence that UAP is extraterrestrial. It does seem strange to me that they put that in there. It's like, who are they trying to please with that statement? I'm not sure, that line. It's just don't know why they put that in there. Yeah, it's an unusual choice of language, isn't it? It reminds me a bit of those fire responses you get from the MOD, where it's like, you might be interested to learn that we don't have an opinion on uh, extraterrestrials or whatever it is, you know, the specific quote. But it's like, they've kind of stressed how they're talking about, you know, not coming at this with any predetermined conclusions as to what might be going on. But yeah, at the same time, this in the actual statement itself, they say that there's no evidence that it's extraterrestrial. It does seem a little bit lopsided perhaps there. But how about you, Dave? I know you've probably got some uh, some thoughts to share on this one. I have, Frank. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, well <laughs> as, I, as uh, Ash said, it, it was announced with a big fanfare. Um, it's giving good profile. It's giving a good subject a good profile. It's putting it on the map. So we can't moan about that. I mean, that's probably the only thing we can, can't moan about, really, to be honest. Uh, some scientists even attacked it as reputational damage, which Avi Loeb gives some stick to, which I'll talk about well when we get into it. Uh, but uh, it also, uh, I think it happened because Bill Nelson was sort of pushing for it, this new broom in NASA who is trying to change things, I think. But really, it didn't start well on that mad teleconference. It was like something from the 80s or 90s with some operator. Oh, it was absolutely mental listening to it. I will connect you now, and uh, oh, I was just <laughs> pathetic. But it just—it just—it just symbolised what an archaic organisation they are. You know, it was like something out of the sixties, really. Anyway, uh, so it started off. One of the scientists said, "Never underestimate the power of nature." I thought, "Oh my god!" You know what I mean? And then there was another one who said, "Oh, we, we think it's unlikely it's extraterrestrials." I thought, "What are they on about?" Anyway. But it got interesting when Gaddy Schwartz, the, I think, NBC correspondent, he said, uh, 
he asked them a question and he come out. But actually, what are they doing? They're going to spend the first nine months. They talked a good game, but they're going to spend the first nine months just looking at how the best way is to look into it, right? So that means they're not, and this is specific because he has follow-up, they're not going to look at any of their data. Oh, no, no. We don't be looking at that. No, no, we're just going to think about what we should be looking at. Nine months, nine months to do that. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely pathetic, really. And he said, well, 100,000 quid, we couldn't do much more, 100,000 quid. He virtually said that won't even get us to work. You know I mean, so that's, that's hardly any money anyway. And then in the second phase, they're going to go led generally at public records. And at that point, they might just look at NASA's stuff as well as all the other public records and come to a conclusion. So it's quite clear to me that it sounds great, but they're actually not going to do anything. Because any person with half a brain, right, is, if you were doing it, you'd look at it and you'd think, right, we've got a load of stuff we haven't looked at here. We'll look through all our stuff that we've got. We'll get 10 or 20 people, go through it, check all the signals, intelligence, all the pictures, all the rest of it. We'll do that. We'll check it. And then when we know what we've got, and to the extent we can make any sense of it, we'll then decide what else we need. Surely any sensible person would do that. And that's what precisely what they're not doing. And uh, I can only think that they want to kick the camp up down the road. They don't really commit themselves. They've been forced into it because they were mentioned in the hearings. And now they're trying to look busy while doing nothing, to be honest with you. Uh, I've got a bit more, Frank, if you want to hear it, but you, the lads might want to, you all might want to spin. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there's, uh, I mean, NASA, uh, you took my best line there, Greg, never a straight answer. I had that written down, but anyway. You, <laughs> Sorry. But but uh, no, no, not at all, because, I mean, it does need to be said. But there's loads of evidence with NASA that they've got, they've evidence of astronaut sightings being hushed up, comments coming over on the radio that we all know have been shut off. Loads of things being shut down from the space station that they've seen mysteriously being shut down, which must mean somebody's in the control room or somewhere to shut them down. But I'll come back to that. There's uh, a refusal to even look at stuff. There's loads of anecdotal evidence of things being airdrossed out. And then there's stuff about their involvement coming out in Freedom of Information docs here and there. So they clearly bang at it, as we would say. Uh, they've got uh, some sort of connection which I'll go into. It was set up, I think, in 58 under Eisenhower. And there was a big dust up about the, who would control the missiles and the space stuff between the Air Force and the Army and the Navy. And so they give it NASA and called it a sort of civilian force. Uh, but we know from Ramirez, that, uh, John Ramirez, the CIA guy, but actually they, the CIA does a lot of science as well. So it had a military connection. Sorry, is the point I'm going too deep into. There was a military connection from the start, really. And I think... Uh, Basically, the Jet Propulsion Labs, where all the Germans were working after the war, all the ones they imported over from the Nazi Germany, they were all working in that. And so there's a load of, you know, what's, I can't remember his name now, but uh, they were all working there. So there's a big military connection. And I always think there's been two NASAs. There's been a smaller one, but secret with the military connections that do, you know, that maybe you're in on the youth. Well, I, I definitely, in my view, but it's arguable, in on the UFO secrecy and the cover-up. Then there's a much bigger NASA who know nothing about any of that. They're all scientists, and they're all bred to hate anything UAP or anything weird at all, uh, and that's their thinking. So they're very anti-it. And I think this has been sort of uh, handed over 
to NASA and it's the scientist bit who know nothing about the cover-up or whatever who have got it. They don't really want to do it, but they've got to do it. And probably behind the scenes, the secret, the people with the secrecy stuff are in charge of the secret wing, as it were. I can't think of a way to phrase it. They don't want anything to come out because they'll be exposed if anybody really looks through the records. And I think in the middle of that, Bill Nelson sort of naively or maybe not naively trying to push a change within that context, really. So that's why I think we've seen quite a lot of uh, foot dragging. So it's amazed me that I've seen loads of people really gushing about it, saying it's great and all fantastic. And it's uh, because I think NASA's got this big iconic status. And every the minute they do anything, we all go, oh, yeah, NASA's involved. Marvellous. But really, uh, I think that uh, all that will happen, they're not going to produce anything. That report will not produce a carrot in nine months. It'll just say this is the best way to look at UFOs. You know what I mean? And I think, uh, really, uh, it'll probably try and slow it down. And they're probably waiting for other things to happen. Do you know what I mean? They're probably waiting for other reports. They had Avi Lobon. He was equally, he wasn't quite as rude as I was, but he was scathing on the actual, uh, on the fact that it's taken him ages. He said that he wrote to the guy when Bill Nelson said he wanted to get into it a year ago. You know, that thing in the the cathedral, I think he was in New York somewhere anyway. Uh, And he said, oh, I can help you with Galileo. And the guy said, great, send me a paper. He's never heard anything. And, he, and I think Galileo, look at what Galileo's done, a committed group of people. And what are they going to do? And I think by the time that Eve reckon, Avi Loeb reckons it'll be two years before they do anything. So uh, I think it'll probably be the game over by the time they get their acting involved. So as you can tell, gentlemen, I'm not very impressed <laughs> at all. Yeah, no, it's, it's fair enough. It's a good point, Dave. And I think it's uh, what we've talked about here now has been quite a good sort of cross-section of what I've seen on like UFO Twitter. You know what I mean? Some people really excited and then on the other hand, people that are you know much more scathing about it. And I, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag myself. I mean, I do think that, like you said, Dave, uh, and I, pretty much everyone has said it, uh, that we've been talking just now, N- NASA's got a big name, hasn't it? You know what I mean? NASA's one of those like real sort of important organizations and, and you know, it's almost got like a cult following. So just yeah. the fact that NASA are actually committing to be more transparent and open about this kind of stuff, I think has got to be a good thing. So, and, and also I think if you're thinking of it from the point of view of, you know, like um, UFO Twitter, people who are like deep in this topic, it might not be too much to write home about for people who are like fully in, into this topic and you look at it. But what I was thinking of is think about the, the knock-on effect that it has on mainstream news and things like that and just the wider public. As soon as you get – I saw a clip the other day of Richard Maidley, you know, the old uh, morning breakfast TV guy, and um, American listeners won't know who he is, but he's like a, a, a you know like a TV personality who does breakfast television. He's done it for like 25 million years. Um <laughs> And he was talking the other day about UFOs with, like, you know, relative seriousness, like, and you got to think people like him, who's not like a big fan of the topic, he is that NASA have got this group looking into UFOs, and all of a sudden it makes them take it a bit more seriously. So I think there's, there's that's got to be a positive. But on the other hand, you know, there are certain things like everybody was saying just now a good place to start might be their own hard drives you know what i mean because this like they, they, they keep they keep sort of asserting that like all of the nasa's findings are all public anyway and things like that but we all know that there's definitely some stuff that they don't release 
Now, some of that might be because of collaborations with the CIA and stuff. You don't you don't want to like release your your footage of secret spy satellites just zipping by the screen and stuff. So there's you know logically going to be certain things that they're going to have to withhold from the public. So it's not 100% true to say that everything is available to the public, is it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, correct. So the question is, I suppose, what extent is the other stuff that they do actually have on the hard drive? But you would think that would be a good place to start, wouldn't it? You know, the archives of, you know, probably, I don't, I don't even know, a vast amount of data that they've managed to collect over the years. So yeah. what are you guys saying? Any, any further thoughts on that from any yeah. of you? Yeah, I think like you say, I think a lot of people have a romantic connection with NASA, with just like moon missions and I think the people, especially people that grew up in like in the 80s and stuff, I think. And old, they probably have that romantic connection. So now, so if you got a UAP interest, and now see NASA coming on the scene, I think a lot of people like myself, wow, that's great. But so, so you mentioned Richard Maidley, and I was going to mention that as well, because he was talking to Tim Peake on mm. Good Morning Britain. With Tim Peake, who you don't know, he's a British astronaut, and he's come kind of a celebrity in his own right in the UK, has been, a, mm-hmm. like, been to ISS and, and all that. So he's talking to him on the morning television, and I got a message from my mum, and my mum is sort of old school. She's like, oh, be careful when you talk about UFOs, when you're going in the papers and stuff. People are going to call you this and that. I was like, I don't care what people call me. Just... And she messaged me saying, oh, just been talking about UFOs on this morning on Good Morning Britain. So I like started looking and watching it. And it, was, it was a good piece. It's like it was a serious piece. Uh, Richard Madeley and the other female presenter, not sure what her name was, talked about it in a serious way. Tim Pete was saying that he thinks it's a good thing that because they're talking about the, the US opening up the task force and the investigations mm. over there. And he, he and Tim Peake was saying, because they're talking about like TikTok videos and the crafts of the videos that they've got, and Tim Peake was saying he doesn't think it's for an adversary. He thinks it could be an unmanned drone from another civilization or a future human. And this is a conversation between Richard Madley and Tim Peake on morning television. Yeah, talking it's about, pretty wild. Yeah, it's and, and not in a joking way either, so it's... And definitely, I got my mum texting me about it, so it definitely opens it up to the mainstream, which is long term is only a good thing for for us that are deep into it. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you get someone like Tim Peake talking about it. That goes back to the whole NASA people taking it more in more seriously if it's someone like that than if it was just Richard Madeley talking about it on TV. Yeah. People would think he was mental and a bit of a lunatic. But as soon as you put a branded name on there, it it puts so much cre- public credibility, I think, to the whole thing that no matter what NASA come out with and say down the line, people will believe it because it's NASA. The people like ourselves that are discussing stuff probably not so confident that what we'll hear from them will be exactly the truth. But that whole NASA branding and Tim Peake, certainly in the UK, is massive. So he seems to know his stuff as well. He wasn't just like he just read up and he seemed to know about it as well, which is interesting enough that he's sort of got an interest himself in it, whether professionally or just personally. He does have an interest in it. But talking yeah, future human is massively <laughs> off the scale of UFO or UAP. That's like a whole other level of. That's morning television on steroids, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, it didn't have any weird music either. That was good, and it was dead serious. I, I thought it was 10 out of 10, that, actually. I couldn't fault it. Yeah. But it's interesting you say about celebrity there, Greg, because I had a Twitter sort of 
chucked back and forth with a guy called John Kuglin, I think that's what, whether that's his handle or his name, I don't know. Hmm. But he was making that point, and he gave loads of really good examples of what you've just said about where they have. And it's a really strong point, which I hadn't really considered till I saw that. And as you say, it does make a big difference. Like you say, as you're man ringing up and saying, oh, you know, it makes a difference, doesn't it? Uh, it's, it's hard to, when you're in it like we are, it's hard to sort of get that, isn't it? But it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, for for us kind of enthusiasts in the topic, the, the proof's going to be in the pudding in terms of what actually gets done with this whole thing. And it's just, for me, it's mostly frustrating that it's going to be so long. And at the end of that nine months, we're not really going to have anything to write home about other than they'll have made their minds up about what they're going to be looking into. So it's a bit of a long game, really, isn't it? You know, But the main thing is... I think for me as a positive, rather than we're going to get some really juicy, like, you know, information from NASA, it's more a case of it's positive that it'll have that knock on effect onto the mainstream. And, you know, it's like imagine you're debating or talking to one of your mates in the pub and they're like, oh, you're into that weird UFO stuff. And you can throw the NASA card at them now and say, like, well, actually, as it goes, you know, the US government are taking it pretty seriously. And so are NASA. And as soon as you drop the end, the NASA bomb, you know, certain, certain people are going to sort of, um, you know, wake up and, and take it a little bit more seriously. But in terms of what actually comes out of it, um, we'll just have to wait and see, won't we, as, as time goes along. So, moving on to uh, another topic then, there's been a few uh, videos come out. Now, these have actually really been over the last kind of like three or four weeks, but as I said at the beginning, I've kind of been on on my holidays and stuff, and some of these, I don't know if you guys will have seen, uh, maybe you've seen some of them, but not all of them, but we'll just kind of talk about them, and and if there's anything that you want to add, uh, you know, we can can get some opinions on them. So, first of all, there was the... uh, actually quite a recent one was the queen's jubilee celebrations there was (laughs) there was a a flyby consisting of various waves of of aircraft flying over in formation and one of these uh, waves was the red arrows uh, officially known as the royal air force aerobatic team which is the aerobatics display team for the royal air force and 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 during their flyby in particular there was kind of like a a roughly spherical object dare i say a little bit (laughs) balloon-esque which seemed to travel yeah which seemed to travel through the smoke plumes behind the aircraft as they flew by and so i'll be honest i thought that was quite interesting compared to some of the other videos that have been coming out recently but after kind of a bit of closer examination and, and checking out a few sort of reliable skeptics, you know, like people who do video analysis and stuff. I think it does start to appear a bit more like a balloon once you once you have a look into it. And apparently, there's a thing where if you look at the pixels just below the object, there's some like um, like pixelation just below it, which may suggest a, a string. But I mean, I've not made my mind up a hundred percent either way. Um, but what do you guys reckon? I'll tell you what, we'll start with Dave this time because um, you were, you had to go last earlier. Well, it's a bleeding fast balloon, lads. I must tell you that. I mean, I know you're all scoffing there up your sleeves, but uh, <laughs> I actually thought, I'll tell you where the journey I've been on this, but you put me off now with your, your, your laughter. But I thought, uh, I thought it was, <laughs> as he's, as he's killed over it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, I thought it was a balloon or a bag of a drone. I thought, oh, God, what's this? Uh, and I, I just dismissed it. Uh, and a lot of people said similar. I've seen it on Twitter and a few people who 
Then I actually saw the footage from two different angles. It's quite good. I think I can't remember the switch. He's pretty good on that sort of stuff. And you could definitely see a trajectory. It was going quick. It was on the sky thing. It wasn't doctored. It did an angle turn. And I, it was going quick. It was going as quick as the planes. It looked like it was. And I don't think it was too near. Then there was another one coming from below. And it looked like it was moving. So I thought it would seem to be uh, pretty good, actually. But uh, again, uh, it seems to manoeuvre at high speed. And apparently there's a history of these things at air shows. There was something in Miami recently, and it goes back in time. There's loads of them. However, I must admit I've not been too close in it. So all joking aside, you guys might have seen a bit more that sort of debunks it. So I'm open. Don't bother me. Yeah, I just want to know if it was or it wasn't. So, uh, but I, I went from, oh, a lot of rubbish to mm, maybe something to it. But, you know, so I don't know what, what the, where the story goes from there. Yeah, I think it was it was Chris Spitzer that I saw. Um, I don't know if uh, ah, thought, yeah. if if all, all the listeners will be aware of Chris, but Chris Spitzer does some pretty in depth analysis, and um, sometimes he, he's you know he's, he's pretty kind of um, in it for the truth type of thing. You know, sometimes he'll debunk a debunker's explanation. Other times he debunks a video that everybody would love to you know thinks that it is an actual UFO. And um, I think initially when he was doing his analysis, he was quite intrigued by that video because he said that it does appear to show some strange movement and all the rest of it but then i think as he's gone along i think he's ended up concluding that it may be a balloon because of that pixelation below the object right. but as i say I, i'm no expert and I, I suppose there may be more footage that that comes out because you'd think there'd be quite a few different angles of that wouldn't you with, with it being a flyby that everyone's going to have the phone up in the air so i suppose if there is anything to it we'll, we'll find out more as we go along but what do you reckon, Greg? So um, I saw it, and I, I'm i with um, Dave there. I was quite intrigued by it. I'm not the UFO expert by any means. <clears throat> um, paranormal's not my thing. But on first glance, I, I thought it was moving at high speed. I didn't even think it would be a balloon. Drone, maybe, because um, I've being a commercial drone pilot so i'm i've seen drones move quick but i don't know so i tagged ash in it on facebook one of the facebook groups and it was like balloon and then that was kind of me again okay you're the expert on this that that's that's where but every time i see it i can't i can't see that it's a balloon it just doesn't look like a balloon to me it, a genuine and Ash is probably going to give me daggers now as he's, <laughs> but it it to me as a normal person, um, it looks quite interesting. I'll be honest, but like you just said, Frank, it's the Platinum Jubilee. It's the Red Arrows. There has to be probably thousands of people with this footage on their phones, and phones are pretty crap at distance regardless but it looks like a sizable object because the the red arrow planes it they're not massive by any amount but it it looks quite big to me but i don't it's it's not my area but it, it's an interesting video to me i've i've that's all i can really 
put my slant on it. Ash is just waiting to dive in there. <laughs> no, let's, <laughs> let's, let's do it, Ash, because I've been quite interested to, to hear what you think about this. I, I have seen some sceptical rumblings on Twitter from you on it, and I thought, I mean, you, yes. you, you've, see, you've seen a lot more of these kind of videos than, than, than I have. You know, obviously you get stuff like this sent to you, don't you, through, through the website. So go on, what do you reckon then? So my notes that I put for this, this round table, underneath Jubilee video, I'll just put balloon. <laughs> so going back to when the first when it first sort of came out, like this has been on Sky News or whatever. This video, people like highlighted the thingy bit. I was first initial in, in instinct was balloon or bird, or initially well, usually when it's something like this, from the appearance that it has, it's balloon, bird, insect, close to the camera. Pick pick or choose which you want. I watched it probably a handful of times, and it just. It's a balloon, and I mean, obviously, I'm always open, always open to having mine changed. Doesn't sound like you're open to having your your opinion changed. <laughs> then, like, then, so people put on all this other angle from the cockpit. He recorded this angle of the same. Yeah. Like, well, it's not the same object. It's two different objects. It's probably two different balloons. But obviously, like I say, you got thousands of people there. They've all got their blue, white balloons, and party stuff, and it's a celebration at the end of the day. That's what it. That's what it was. It's it's a balloon, and like it's just kind of to me, it's a little bit because um, it went viral, like in the mainstream papers and everything. And it's like, why is it always a balloon that goes viral? Why is it not like one of the? Like, we have so many other good videos that could be used, and it's a balloon. And so, totally, like being transparent, I haven't done much more digging into it apart from that's a balloon. I've watched it five times. It's a balloon. <laughs> Because I just, I not wanted to, I mean, I don't want to say waste my time, but waste my time because it's a balloon. But I'm open to anyone saying this is why it's not a balloon. But it's, hey, hey, Ash, it's I think NASA's got an opening, you know. You're taking a lot of boxes for them. I'm very, I'm very scientific <laughs> in my approach. I, I, I would say it more, more seriously, though. I mean, you do, you are used to looking at all this stuff, so I would give some. Uh, faith in your opinion, so we're all joking aside. And Chris Spitz is pretty good as well. So, uh, I mean, you know, uh, it's good insight to have. Because when I'm looking at it, I don't know what to make of him, really, I must be honest. Uh, so I thought it was something to it, but I will take those opinions on board seriously anyway. So, Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it does occur to me that even if it is something anomalous, it's definitely not a smoking gun, is it, sort of thing. It's not like that's that's going to be the one that convinces the public. And I suppose you could say that for all of these that we're going to talk about. But it also, you know, there's a little bit of, in the back of my mind thinking like, if it is something anomalous, it's pretty brazen, isn't it? You know what I mean? The Queen's Jubilee, the flyby, and they've, they've just zipped through the smoke trails, you know. If it is some kind of anomalous craft, that would be quite something. Um, but as I say, yeah, it's very unlikely that it is, I, I think, on, on balance, but still interesting to consider. So the next one is the uh, Apache DHS I've actually called this the Apache DHS birds video, so that kind of gives away what I think of this one. But uh, in all seriousness, this was released in cooperation with the the Debrief News website, and it came through a source at the Department of Homeland Security. 
who is in contact with uh, Andy, who goes by NYUAP on Twitter. And he'd already brought forward various other videos through this same source, uh, including the the rubber duck video that was came out recently and the A10 warthog video. And they're generally caught by border patrol personnel on FLIR camera attached to various aircraft. And uh, in this case, it was an Apache helicopter pilot, hence the, the name Apache DHS. Uh, and at first glance... I must be honest, I, I just thought this looked like birds. I mean, uh, you know, just a sort of layman's, I'm not a, an expert in, in video analysis or anything, but to me, just at a first glance, I just thought it looked like birds. And I've been following uh, Dave Beatty and, and Chris Spitzer once again, their investigations, and I think they've basically pretty much concluded it, it was most likely birds. And, and there were some pretty wild proclamations about this one made by some of the people involved in bringing the story to the public eye, including that, it was a much better case than Navy videos like the Nimitz Tic Tac incident, FLIR video, and I don't really understand that, to be honest, because we're talking about something that's just, you know, one individual has witnessed this, no accompanying radar footage or additional witnesses, and it seems pretty ambiguous to me. I mean, if if it's, if it's not birds, it kind of, you know, it, it looks a lot like it is, even if it's not. So, um, But having said that, I do think the most compelling thing about it is that there are some other experts who do think it shows something generally anomalous, like Chris Leto, who was involved in the, the article and the debrief when the video came out. He thinks that it's genuinely anomalous and, and you know, something couldn't move like that and, and all the rest of it. So there's, there is definitely kind of thoughts on both sides. So... What do you guys reckon? And I think we'll start with uh, start with Greg, eh? Because you've not gone first yet. <laughs> so, um, incidentally, we we put this video up on our TikTok page as well, and it got quite a quite a lot of views. People, um, I'll pull it up as we as we're talking. But I I quite liked it, like the last one about the balloon. Um, I quite liked this one, and I thought. It was an interesting video. Again, you've got you would like to think that it was some some guy flying an Apache would know what a bird looks like. I don't know, or three birds, and it does seem to me it seemed like these whatever it is birds or objects they they do spherically sort of like spin around at one point, and I've I've never seen a bird do that. I don't know if anybody else has. Um, We'll get just, Alan Titch March on the show next week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just think it, I liked it again. It was one of those videos I I liked it. I thought it was intriguing. There just seems to me, and if we go back a step and we're talking about we talk about all this stuff that seems to be happening in the mainstream press um, or coming out of sources um, that are putting out a lot of footage news stories all seems to be happening a lot at the moment so for the fact that we're we're discussing a previous video from jubilee whether or not that's a balloon um an apache helicopter pilots recording all happening and coming out with tim Peake talking about it all in the last month it's pretty amazing anyway but i i like this video personally from again i'm a layman i don't i don't have a particular expertise in ufos at all but it does look to me like they're at one point the objects seem to spin around each other and i can't yeah. explain what that would be it doesn't look like a bird to me i can see why you would say it was birds 
but it doesn't look like birds to me. Yeah, I, I say when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And like, say, you got the pilots saying, like, oh, three, to quote, three really fast flying jets up there. And everyone's saying, oh, it's probably A10s or F16s. So you think, oh, straight away. You're thinking it's some sort of craft or whatever. They That's what they think it is. And then obviously, it's a cool video, like you say. And then when I dug deeper, I think it's Mick West as well. It's sort of straight away, I was like, yeah, it's birds. It's birds, and there's quite a lot of videos. And you can look at videos of just birds in formation, especially at night time or when the sun's going down. And the way they look on camera does look odd, and they don't look like birds at all. You can see, like, say, a formation of, say, seven or eight starlings or seagulls in formation. When they're just reflecting, like, the twilight sun, they don't look like birds, and you just see the weird lights traveling in formation. And then sort of moving in and out of each other, which is what you see. I think, ah, yeah, that's what it looks like. So it could be birds. Like like say, um, it's hard to say, I don't think any proof, you can say either way that it is, but at first I was like, yeah, this this is really cool. But then when you look into, like with Mick West and the others saying, yeah, I think it actually it could be birds after all. Hmm. How about yourself, Dave? Well, Mick West, I mean, he says everything's a bird, doesn't he? So he's about to be right sometime, let's be honest. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was all right, first of all. So I thought, oh, it's great. Uh, guess where I'm going with this. I thought, uh, yeah, it's great. It looks legit, like you said, fast. The pilots should know what they're doing. Uh, but then I saw, I think it's a freeze frame. I think it was Chris Spritzer. And you could see the bird shape with the wings. You could see it on the pixel, you know, the way it was done. And I thought, oh, it's definitely birds. Then I looked again at the movement and I could see what I didn't know with that level of detail. That's what you said. But I could see the movement and I thought, yeah, it could well be birds, that. And it just goes to show, like a lot of these things, you've not got any other corroborating evidence. You've no chance, have you, really? I mean, uh, if it's at the wrong angle and they don't see it very often, a pilot might, you know, what well, those guys might say, but we've no way of knowing. They didn't have that. They didn't have, they don't have any radar in those helicopters, apparently like that anyway but we could pick that up I read that I didn't know that I just read it from the articles so I thought uh, generally it, it was uh, I thought it was I definitely thought well I didn't definitely because you can't be definite but I was pretty sure it was birds after I'd seen it and it was just unfortunate it was night time uh, so it was it just I thought they rushed in a bit quick they did it a big lead up the debrief and they're normally pretty good on that and they probably just got it slightly wrong there because He's not got a very good batting average, this fellow who produced this video. Because he wanted to, his dream was to set up something in the the, the, the border service, like ATIP. And he brought out that sort of uh, drone or whatever it was, rubber duck, that many people think is a drone with a drug payloading going over the border. There's another one was a bit dodgy, and he gets very prickly if he's challenged, apparently, yeah. uh, as I can tell, or I can see from Twitter. So, it, uh, so they maybe. I mean, I think they looked in. It. it was a good story, and they liked the story. But they probably, did, probably got a bit in, you know, entranced in, in by the story and didn't really step back. That's why I think because there's a lot of people were saying, "Oh no, it's definitely you can't say it's that." And and again, they were proved wrong. So uh, I think it's a lesson to us all that I think that one. But I don't. Again, I don't want to do. I don't want to be a bloody. It definitely is because I don't know, but. I certainly changed my tune when I saw some specific pictures. So I think if I was to hold up my scoring card, I'd say no. 
No, but we've got, and we should do that, Frank. Yeah, you should give us a, a nine out of ten or scoring count. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to get some of them made for, for next time, eh? <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, I, I tell you what. I tell you what it was for me was was uh, again, yeah, Dave Beatty's investigation. Um, he actually got in touch with a bird specialist. I mean, the, the directions this topic takes you in, eh? it's mad, isn't it? But apparently there's some types of birds exhibit that type of behavior where one, they fly in, they are threes, four small groups, and one bird flies along and other birds kind of like fly around. I mean, again, I'm no expert in birds or anything like that, but Dave Beatty actually reached out to, to this particular expert. I forget his name. I tried to have a look just now, but I can't find it. Um, and he said that there's basically only two types of like a breed of bird that actually do that one of them wouldn't be in the country but there is another one that it could possibly have been who would generally look like that if if you know certain times of the year so that for me was was quite compelling that that it may well be birds um but we don't know for sure and as i say there's there's people like you know chris leto you know very very um good an analyst with things like this and and he seems to think that it is anomalous so at the end of the day I don't know for sure, but as I say, to me, it sort of just look a bit like birds. But anyway, we'll move on from that one, shall we get to this next one? So the Niagara Falls Triangle. So uh, UFO researcher Danny Silver wrote on his blog, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago now, about a case of a triangle being sighted and filmed at Niagara Falls. And it apparently had been investigated by Bass, Obviously, uh, we mentioned them earlier. It's Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, the organization set up by Robert Bigelow to fulfill the contract for the Advanced Aerospace Weapon System Application Program. Uh, the precursor to ATIP, which obviously we've heard about all of these various acronyms a lot over the years. Now, I think the actual video that, that has been going around, or the, there's a few videos, are not actually confirmed to be definitely the one that Bass actually investigated, but it's just very likely to be based on what Danny Silver has been looking at and that kind yeah. of thing. It's known that Bass have got videos of, of an incident of a triangle there. And, you know, this looks like it's very likely could be either the same actual video or possibly just a similar sort of object in the same area of a different video of that object. Who knows? And, yeah, interesting. Anything that involves a triangle, I'm always uh, interested straight away. My ears prick up because I've got a bit of an obsession with triangles. Never seen one, but I would love to. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting one. So so what do you guys reckon? Will we start with you, Ash, maybe on this one? Yeah, it's weird. I'd be interested to, if we ever did find out if this was the one because, I mean, the video itself is not good quality. It takes a few watches to realise what you're actually looking at it's mm. it's hard to make sense of what you're looking at and it's again again with the video there's not really any context to it either so you can't really work out again that's why it takes long to figure out what you're looking at because like literally it's like a lot of videos people on facebook just put a video and nothing else right so you're spending five minutes trying to work out what am i actually supposed to be looking at before you even then start trying to think what it could be so that's my first look at the videos was what what is this supposed to be but then it is, it's interesting because it definitely looks like there's something in the sky. And when you look at the videos of the same area in the daytime, there's nothing like that's high up that it could have been. So like there's any buildings or like maybe the time there could have been 
like cranes or something in the area possibly but apart from that it's quite open land but the the, the spotlights are like reflecting off whatever it is that's in the sky so it's out of the three videos we've talked about this is the most interesting just because there is definitely something there it's just because of the quality of the video there's nothing else in my opinion that I, well, I, I personally couldn't really do much else with it because it can't the quality of it Hmm. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure. There's a bit of a, since Louis Lizando mentioned there's a video of a triangle out there, but he's actually a, a real one, and he couldn't say what it was. There's a bit of a hunt, the triangle going on, isn't there, in the community? <laughs> is it that triangle? Is it that one? Is it that one? So every time the triangle comes out, every, and that was a bit of a subtext to this story, I thought, that was going on from Danny, or that's what was ascribed to it anyway after that. But uh, I think, uh, I don't know with this one, you know, because I, I I was listening to the Thomas Fessler show and they were talking about it. They had Tom King who did something on the Phoenix Lights. He's pretty good on this stuff. So I wasn't sure looking at it if it was some kind of weird reflection, you know, because uh, I, I, I didn't think of that myself. I saw it in the comments and, uh, and whatever, and I'd heard it from some, somewhere else as well. Uh and it might be a bit of a reflection, you know, off lights, like, uh, you, you know, that might be coming because there's a lot of off a searchlight or something. But what they said on that Fesler video, like you said, uh, Ash, the lights seem to be bouncing off it, the searchlights, which implied it was actually there. And you're right, there's no thing there. So I wasn't sure. There were six different views of it as well. There was uh, some hand. But like you said, Frank, I didn't realise that. Obviously, I'm not sure if it's the same thing. Mm. Uh, again, People don't report it all the time, so it must have been pretty weird atmospheric conditions if if it was a reflection. So I, I didn't know really, uh, and I wasn't sure. Uh, if it was, it was pretty impressive, but it didn't move. That was the other thing. So I, I'm, I'm on the fence with this. I don't know. And uh, listening to what uh, Ash said has put me more on the fence, really, because I'm more towards it being something. See what I mean? The research mm -hmm. lines. How about you, Greg? I don't think uh, you've, you've talked about this one yet, have you? No. So <clears throat> I'm watching it as we got it on replay as we're, we're speaking. And like I said, there's obviously something there because the spotlights are reflecting off of it at some point. They're, they're, but <clears throat> the, what are the spotlights doing? Are, are they, they look like they're going apart. They're like, not searchlights as such, they're part of some kind of I believe it was from a casino. Like Yeah. Just lights. But it does seem to be focused on that object, which is a bit weird as well. Yeah. That's just coincidental. But yeah. You're going back to the middle it of it. It sort of boomerangs a bit, doesn't it, on the video. But it definitely is something there. The spotlights are catching something, but because it's been filmed on a Nokia thirty two ten or something like that. Um, it's very difficult to to make any context. Like like Ash said, you can see some buildings at the start, and then they're sort of like panning up. But it's very difficult to get any kind of size out of it, any kind of real shape because it's so dark. But I, it's definitely something there. And there, I'm looking on one of the <clears throat> comments on one of the videos, and one of the guys says, "I'm the guy in the video." filming heard no noise and it was higher up than the skyland tower which is 489 feet so whether it 
that he is that person or not. I don't know. But so he says it's at least 500 feet up, which would mean it's fairly a big, a fairly big thing. It looks like on the video, but I think it's pretty inconclusive as, as to what exactly it is. Mm. But, yeah, yeah. Another interesting video, but without context and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's the thing. I think with, with all three of those videos, it sort of shows the importance of that bigger picture, doesn't it? You know, it's like I've said this before on, on, on my podcast quite a bit, you know, the Tic Tac Flare video alone, if you saw that video, you'd be like, so what? You know, but when you add in the big picture and all of the surrounding events, all the various witnesses, the different, you know, sensor systems that have picked this up, the quality of those sensor systems as well, it's a totally different story, you know, and, and I think all of those ones that we talked about basically don't have that bigger picture. You know, there's, there may be little bits of it, but it, we, you don't get the full, full big picture that would make it truly compelling. Uh, I think there's also a bit of that thing where there's them natural lulls that happen in the UFO topic, you know, when we're all waiting for something big to happen and, you know, people start to wheel out these kind of relatively ordinary looking videos. And, and, you know, there's a bit of hype obviously that goes along with that as well. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's understandable because it's kind of we all desire that new information to come out, don't we? Sort of thing. But it's you do start to become aware of that that pattern that, that sort of repeats. But I do find it interesting, like you were saying, Dave. Lou Elizondo hinted. I don't know if uh, you guys caught this, but the, a little while ago in an interview, he hinted that there's a, a one particular triangle video that is out in in the public sphere that is actually a legit video of a, of a triangle craft and it's very, very clear. I think, I was trying to find this earlier but I couldn't find it. I think he said that it's during the day as well and you can see clearly defined edges of the shape of the triangle. It's not just three distant lights. It's, so he's, he's suggesting that there's a video that they investigated during his time on the inside of a triangle which is clearly a triangle shape, not just three lights and it's somewhere out there. So that's what Dave was talking about. You know, the, uh, the hunt for the, tr- the hunt for the triangle. What do you reckon? Ash, do you know which video it is? I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone, anything that anyone wants to add about any of those three videos before we move on? I just feel like Greg said, it's just seems to be getting quite a lot of videos recently. And it's obviously a good thing. Gets everyone talking. It gets, People talking like us, just discussing it, what it could be, what it can't be, what we need, what we, what's good about it, what's bad about it. So I think that's just, it's a good thing we get in the videos. It's just hopefully we need something a bit, that, we just need that video with that extra bit to it, like the, like the TikTok video and stuff where you've got the different aspects to it rather than just a video. And that's all we've got. Mm. It just shows though, doesn't it, how, how we struggle without having that military equipment or whatever, and clearly we wouldn't have the military equipment normally, but without having that backup or access to all those data sources, you've, you've got, you're in such a weakened position, they're holding all the cards really. And it, that's why I suppose I've got even more time for Avi Loeb stuff now, uh, because at least he will have some equipment and gear and people like UAPX as well who are out there trying to, you know, trying to at least do something with it. I know the, I didn't particularly, although I haven't watched the documentary, we didn't see what gone down very well. But, uh, you know, uh, and it just, just shows you that you, you need, that's why, we always seem to sound like a broken record, that's why this disclosure push is so important, because I think from the sounds of it and from the sound of loose thing, they've got some pretty conclusive data with all the context we will wish for. 
Yeah, it's a good point, and I forgot to mention this earlier when we were talking about the NASA thing. You know, with the yeah. um, the 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 hundred grand budget and all the rest of it. Well, Avi Loeb has said for, for quite some time now that they had a couple of million dollars of funding for the Galileo project to get the first bits off the ground for for that project, and he said in an interview recently that really what he wants is a hundred million dollars. And I mean, when you think about the level of of expenditure going into what he's try, trying to do, I mean, obviously it's very ambitious that he's only got a couple of million at the moment, but that's still amazing. Mm. You know, even that is, you know, a completely different league to a hundred grand, isn't it? You know, like if you're talking about already having a couple of million and yeah. and aiming for a for a, for a hundred million, and and he was saying that when you consider the the potential rewards involved in looking into this topic scientifically it's worth spending, you know, that kind of money. And in fact, actually, that's not that much compared to things like the Large Hadron Collider. I don't know how many billion have been spent on that, but it's an unbelievable amount of money goes into some of these scientific projects. And Avi Loeb, he's, he's right up there. You know, he, he's in one of the top universities in the States and he's pushing for a £100 million UFO investigation group. Like, pretty amazing times, really, isn't it, when you think about it like that? Yeah. But yeah, anyway, moving on from that, just uh, are you guys all right for time? Because we kind of just gone over the hour mark, but there was just another thing I wanted to mention. If that's cool, yeah, yeah. If any, if anyone needs to go off and if it's bedtime, I'm then ab- feel free to jump I'm off. Absolutely, like. I'm fine. I've got as long as you need, Frank. Cool. Yeah. Same. Well, it's just I just I just thought we'll uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the the Jeremy Corbell Green Triangle video, uh, and again, you know. We, we might not all be well up on this one, so it's just, you know, add, add thoughts and, uh, and opinions as necessary. But but these incidents were, were actually first reported on, as far as I know, by actually by Dave Beatty, who I mentioned earlier. And then Jerry, Jeremy Corbell actually got video footage of it, including the actual, the well-known green triangle footage, the one where, and there's also that one where the object enters the water and there's one of a radar screen actually showing some of the, the objects being picked up on the radar as well and things like that. And, and basically what it was, just for anybody who's listening who's not aware, it's a multiple UAP were sighted uh, July 14th, 2019 by crew members aboard the USS Kidd. And uh, unidentified aerial vehicles were reported swarming around the ship and other ships in the area as well. I believe there were U.S. Navy destroyers, USS Rafael Peralta, USS Russell, USS John Finn, and the USS Paul Hamilton. And these UAPs were described as flying for long periods in low visibility at night time and performing basically brazen manoeuvres over the Navy warships, which is uh, around about 100 miles off Los Angeles. And they sent out the uh, the Snoopy team, which I actually found out what this stands for, by the way, because I've always wondered. And it's the, uh, the Ship Nautical or Otherwise Photographic <laughs> Interpretation and Exploitation Team. <laughs> So there you go. That's a cracker, that, isn't it? They love the acronyms, don't they? Yeah, the the Snoopy team. It sounds kind of partly comical, doesn't it? But it actually does mean all that, 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 those things that I just said. But that basically just refers to an onboard photographic intelligence team tasked with uh, documenting unknown contacts. So they just go out with relatively simple cameras and stuff like that and, and look at these things. And uh, one of the the really interesting things about the ship logs from this incident, which has been obtained 
via uh, FOIA requests and re- researchers, is on that USS Rafael Peralta. Um, it describes a white light hovering over the ship's deck. And uh, I thought that was particularly interesting because that's like, you know, it's not some distant light, that is it? It's something that's actually hovered right over the ship's mm. deck. Anyway, so the whole thing lasted for over 90 minutes, and um, which is generally seen as longer than what a commercial drone can can fly for. Um, and also bear in mind that these ships are equipped with the Aegis radar, which is pretty much one of the best radar sensor systems in the world. Um, now, Scott Bray at the UFO hearings basically said, well, we're now aware of another case, a separate case, actually on the opposite coast of the States where actual drones showed up and they looked pretty similar when viewed through the same equipment. So the original incident is probably just drones. But trouble is, in my opinion, that actually does miss out a lot of that bigger picture. Um, And it seems like there's a bit of an effort by Bray to sort of like paint it as a a nothing burger sort of thing. But actually, what about all the bigger picture involved? Because like we were talking about those UAP videos, that's just one person with a camera. But actually, this is the opposite of that because there's loads of other background you know, witnesses. Like, I don't know how many people on those ships saw it, but it's, it's definitely more than one, all of the various sensor systems, etc. So, yeah, I just wondered what you guys think of that because it's, um, it's been talked about quite a lot recently. And it's actually, the videos have been around for a while, but because of that thing and the hearings, it's kind of been a bit reinvigorated. So, yeah. Um, yeah, who wants to who wants to go first on that then? I'll give it Anyone? a go if you want. Or do, 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 uh, I mean, you've got to look at the context of this, really. I mean, starts with the Nimitz, then you've got other ones, and they're all going past the Catalina Islands down in the southwest of America, where it's rumoured, as luck would have it, or no, not luck would have it, it was rumoured, there's a big base, extraterrestrial, alien, other, whatever you want to call it, base. Well, a lot of people have said that. Uh, Lou's mate, what's his name? Sean, second name, I can't remember. Famous fella. Cahill. Uh, yes, that's it. I can't believe I forgot that. I'm definitely marked down on the UAP book club for that. But anyway, Sorry, yeah. It's, it's, it's late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember I asked a, fun, a question, fully enough, on uh, that, U, uh, that UFO podcast. I asked him directly if he thought there was a base there. And after he said, yes, there is, virtually. But it's not, not just them, there's a few people have theorised that. So uh, the thinking is that they're going past and because they've got nuclear weapons on them, it's attracting something, or even worse, they're deliberately attracting people. And some of the ships, this is a little bit conspiratorial, some of the ships are being sent out and they've got orders, the senior commanders, to actually do a bit of baiting or whatever to see what happens. But let's be honest, there's been these massive swarms all over the place, like you say, Frank, big accounts, going up over the deck, which they've not fired upon them, which is a question in itself why apparently the standing orders to shoot anything out of the sky that comes near near even a few hundred yards or whatever. Uh, so they've not fired upon them. They've got flying for hours, not really like any normal drones. So, you know, this, it's quite... Uh, then, Jeremy, then Jeremy Corbyn, of course, had a load of witnesses. He, he had uh, the triangle thing come out. That went worldwide on the news. He had lots of witnesses. He said he's got loads of statements. Uh, and so it looked a pretty big story. The Pentagon said they didn't know what it was, if you remember, at the time. And then we got the Chuckle Brothers in the hearings, Mr. and then Mr. Bray stood up and said, oh, yeah, well, he's got this dodgy comparison he did, but proved nothing, in my opinion. Because Mick West had said uh, he thought it was Bucker, which he says everything is anyway. 
Uh, I mean, I, I know I don't want to be too unfair on Mick. You, know, you do need mix around, I suppose, as long as they don't cherry pick the data. But uh, basically, uh, I, and he said, oh, there's been studies into it. And I said to you, Frank, the other week, uh, I bet the study he was quoting was Mick West's study. So I thought it was all uh, pretty dodgy because he wasn't comparing apples with apples, really. Uh, so I personally think we need to look at this in a bit of a wider context uh, in that I think there's a bit of a walk-back strategy going on. Ross Coulthard mentioned it in one of his things, uh, in that at the hearings they thought, oh, we'll try and walk this back. We'll try and say it's nothing. It's just the sensor equipment. Oh, it's a bit of a misunderstanding. It's just the equipment we can't tell you about because it's really nothing. Look at this picture. And then look at this dodgy uh, triangle thing. You know, we discredit that. Then we had a story coming out, uh, I forget, in the war zone about this ludicrous drone story that didn't stand up. Uh, it's trying to say it was all drones from a particular ship. So to me, uh, I think there's a lot of data that it happened. It's part of a bigger picture, like you say, Frank. And I think it's part of this big walk back. They try to walk it back and throw drone shade, for want of a better word, and everything on every UAP and hope it sticks. But they've got no chance. They must think we're stupid if we're going to fall that. Just like Brain must have thought we we're stupid in that area that we we're going to fall for all that guff that he come out with. So, uh, which is a little bit. Uh, not very objective of me, I suppose. But that's why I thought, anyway, so uh, I think there's too much evidence. I'm not buying it. I mean, it may well prove to be something and nothing, but I don't think that comparison was valid, and I think there's too much evidence of eyewitnesses that saw those that those things on the night. So there you go. I'm sitting on the fence there, aren't I? <laughs> no, fair comment, fair comment. What about you, Greg? What do you reckon? Um, well, I'm going to hark back to the early days of the UFOs where they were filmed on non-digital cameras and they were filmed on old Sony camcorders, etc. That When you zoomed in on a light source, there was um, uh, like an artifact that created a... So Ash, a bit young for this, probably Frank as well. They created like a diamond shape. And there was lots of UFO videos going out at the time where people were zooming into a light source, like a star or something like that, and it would create a um, like a, a diamond on its side shape. And there was loads of videos out at the time. Um, it was probably the late 80s when people started getting camcorders and, and whatnot. And when it zooms in on some of this footage, it looks like a, a similar type effect. Um, but... It's quite an interesting shape. It is triangular, which isn't diamond shaped like the like the the, the lenses on the old cameras. Um, and but what struck me was the it's got a consistent strobe light on it. Which is that not what like military aircraft and, and normal aircraft have? So it, it drones also have those lights. I've I've had a drone. I've had multiple drones, and they've all got a kind of light on there. You can switch those off, and I imagine the military would. But um, I don't know what to think about the video. It, it doesn't appear too out of the ordinary for me, to be fair. But I don't know. Fair uh, enough, mate. Fair enough. And Ash, what are we saying? So this, like the, the Swarm video, to be fair, I've not locked that much into. Uh, so not much I can add. Uh, but I know that Corbell, or I believe Corbell said that he has more footage and more imagery regarding it 
So, but so why doesn't he release these? If he's got more Why would he? Why would he? Why would you? If you're the the thing is, it's all about the money. He's got this little money train going now after the Bob Lazar video. If he puts everything out that he's got now, he's got nothing in reserve to keep him ticking over. Maybe because come out like like you say, it's a bit like NYUAP is a little bit the same. I've not seen too much of of Andy to be honest, but what I have seen of him, like he'll appear on Twitter, and then it's I've got a video. It's going to be the most groundbreaking video you've ever seen. I'm going to release it in three weeks' time on a Friday. And Corbell's similar with the see this 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 breakthrough video is going to be the best video you've ever seen. But it's on Instagram five minutes before I'm going to release it on Twitter. It's like just release the video. It's just that just it's all about me, me, me with the give me attention type thing. So so on that point, like I say, the video can't really add too much to it apart from just if you've got more footage that could sway it one way or the other. Just release that footage if you've got it. Yeah, a couple of things I think I want to add uh, to that. I mean, first of all, I have to admit, when I first saw this video, I thought it was one of the least interesting out of out of a lot of the videos, you know, the Navy videos and all the rest of it. To be honest, I think I've kind of got more interested in that as I've gone along, really. The thing about, for me, about the, um, you know, the the thing of, that you were mentioning, Greg, about zooming in on an object and it looks like that kind of like this the shape of the aperture basically of whatever camera so i believe different cameras sometimes it's a circular thing and sometimes it, and obviously there are definitely some people not going to name any names but there's people on the on twitter that that zoom in on specks of dust and claim that it's craft and all the rest of it and they appear to be like orbs and all there's definitely that that goes on but my thing with this is that you know scott bray was basically saying that it was the aperture the green because it's night vision and basically, they zoomed in on a drone at night, and it, it it was a triangle because of the aperture and the the green night vision and stuff like that. Fair enough, but that's not to say that if you, there was a genuine anomalous object in the sky, you zoom in on that, it's going to look like a green triangle, isn't it? Sort of thing. So it, it's a bit of a Bray's explanation as to as to you know what what it actually is doesn't really add up does it because it's like you could be zooming in on a legit flying saucer glowing hovering over the ship and it's kind of like a flipping green triangle in it at the end of the day so it's a weird one if you're um, in that sorry frank carry on mate. yeah no no you go ahead go ahead dave no no are you going to say something else though i'll interrupt you mid-flow there no no go ahead it's all good i forgot what i was going to say now anyway well, well, so yeah, well you're remembering in a minute i'm sorry i didn't mean to i thought don't finished. worry if you remember in the hearings, there's one of the, the Senate, one of the congressmen said, uh, "Well, have you tried recreating it with the uh, scope that they use?" He went, "No, we have not." You know, and they haven't done any of that. You know, and they haven't done any basic stuff. Uh, and there's been a lot of debate about whether it will produce that at all. I know you're right about that, Greg, because I've seen that. That's right. But I think on these scopes, I'm not sure if that happens at all. The lighting, there's been there's been a low, but there's been a lot. That's just from me reading. I have no special knowledge of it at all. Uh, but the lighting, there's been a lot of debate about that, but it's not normal lighting for any of these things. But but we don't know about that, but I think that's a strong, that is a strong point now. I do, I agree with that. The thing was, I think they were 30 to 60 miles out to sea in the middle of the ocean. That's some drone out that gets out there, unless there was some dodgy Chinese junk at the back flog, throwing out these, throwing out what's it's unseen by the might of the, na the Navy. 
I thought yeah. that's because that was what that was almost trying to imply as well on the article, which was roundly laughed at by everybody. So yeah. I, I mean, but the point, thing is that Bray video. I mean, it wasn't great. I mean, I wonder why it wasn't shot out of the sky. But it wasn't the same video as what Corbell was showing, and uh, and I thought Corbell's had more merit because it had a lot of eyewitness and a lot of other. And, and I get your point. He does. He is a bit of a showman, isn't he? I get that. Actually, it irritates a lot of people that, and then he comes on sort of uh, like some sort of crazed sort of rapper who's you know says ah showing you know and goes on with himself. But but not but but just breaking news though. Partly old Sharpie because uh, in his Patreon thing said. Uh, Said he had an article coming out soon about this very matter about the the night. night. So I don't know what that's about, but we know Chris. So I think he, he and because I, I happen to be a patron because he's got compromising photographs of me somewhere, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and forces me to pay every month. But uh, it, I saw that and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I thought about that video. I mean, I don't know if I don't, you know, I don't know if there's anything to do with Corbella that he didn't say in the patron thing, but. Nonetheless, it does refer to that, so there might be a bit more news coming out generally about that. But I do think it's a it, what I was really getting at, I suppose, is I just wonder if the, it seems there's a lot of these stories coming up around drones and other weird things that are trying to say, oh, it's oh, it's just a drone, and so we all forget about all the mountains of evidence and go, yeah, it's a drone, and then we all walk off. It's not going to happen, is it? It's not that. Well, but I do accept there is some issues you know there so i don't want to be too dismissive i'm just a bit dismissive of the wider effort really mm. yeah i think one thing that, that struck me about it are the hearings as well i know i've banged on about this like, enough already about the hearings and whatnot but it reminded me of that thing that you were saying earlier rash about that nasa statement of the putting they slipped that line in of like you know um, oh, we don't have any evidence to say that it's extraterrestrial. And the selection of those videos and the fact that they chose to specifically debunk that triangle video and all the rest of it, it is it is kind of a little bit of a what's behind that kind of thing. Like, like, and I think what what should have happened at that hearing is Bray should have been asked. All right, fine. You know, you you say that you've seen some other objects which were definitely drones, and they they appeared like green triangles as well. Fine. But what does the radar data show? Because we know that these things have actually been picked up off off of these formation of multiple ships with some of the best radar in the world. So it wouldn't have been that difficult to say, you know, the radar data definitively proves that it's definitely nothing anomalous in it, and it's a drone, you know. And um, has that been considered as part of the investigation? And does it show anomalous movements or is it just purely drone-like? And if it is drones... Where were they launched from? Who's flying drones that can operate for over ninety minutes at night? You know, hundreds of miles off off the coast, and and even if it is a drone, bearing in mind that's still pretty bloody concerning, isn't it? <laughs> At the end of the day, you know. So oh, don't worry, everybody. It's just our enemies operating devices with impunity directly over some of our best ships. Like it's it's not a great look, is it? So no. not only that, they came back the second night as well and did it again, and they were powerless to stop that one as well. So it's it's pretty baffling to me. Even if it's drones, it's really bad. And if it's not drones, then well, that's not exactly great either, is it? But it's interesting and worth looking into more. And it sort of suggests, as I say, that there's there's a bit of a debunking agenda behind the scenes at the AOIMSG. If that's the way they're going to kick things off, the way that they put it across to that hearing, you know, 
the, you know, they're going to carry on looking at other cases like that in the same way and, and not really give a full bigger picture of, of, of an analysis that they've done when they present the findings to the public. Not very impressed with that as, as a start, you know. I'd like to see a more thorough investigation with witnesses being brought in, people who are on them ships, you know, data examined from all the sensor systems and whatnot, any corroborating satellite data or any other sensor platforms there might have been submarines in the area for example like Corbell's um you know alleging that they, they, they were transmedium they went under the water and things like that you know there must be other things that they can look into and then put forward a proper thorough report but you know what we saw was basically just oh there's some other objects that look kind of similar so i guess it's cool you know everyone go home it's not it's not exactly the reassurance you want from somebody of that level being brought before congress is it you know what i mean i mean so, I'd, yeah. I'd imagine any sort of it's gonna be oh yeah that'd be for the classified hearing yeah well, that's we'll talk the about thing, it yeah. behind the closed door and with the, we'll never actually release the actual why we, we can say it is this or whatever yeah, that that's the frustrating thing. I wonder if there's a, a bit of a, a, a balance to be struck there, because obviously, if all of the really like uh, definitive data that you can properly decide one way or another is going to be classified, we're not going to get very far are we, at the end of the day. But I suppose that's where things like the Galileo project come in, because everything's going to be open to the public, completely transparent. You know, so that that's kind of. What I always end up going back to with these things, you get frustrated at the lack of progress in this area or that area. Let's just go back to Avi Loeb and the Galileo project. That's kind of something I'm particularly excited about. So, yeah, anyone want to add anything else about the green triangles? No, I think that's it. No, all good. Well, I think it's probably best to call it a night there, really. that's We're coming up to an hour and a half, so that's been a bit of a, a, a bumper session, that there. So uh, thanks very much, everybody been a pleasure nice one yeah fantastic cheers everybody i really enjoyed that yeah spot on cool until next time see you next time the ufo round table the ufo thinker and pursuit of the paranormal podcasts